0: Welcome back to Ghostbusters Minute. Ghostbusters Minute is the fan podcast that chronicles, overanalyzes, celebrates classic 1984 film Ghostbusters. I'm Kyle. I'm Brady. And we're here to bring you minute number 16 today. Brady, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing good. How about you? I'm doing pretty fantastic this morning. Got minute number 16. We're going to have a little bit further into the Ghostbusters headquarters, the hook and ladder number eight in New York. And uh, I've got a pretty funny minute to look at here. So if you're ready, I'm ready. We can go ahead and jump into this minute. Let's do it. In the previous minute, after securing a third mortgage on Ray's home at 19%, the boys visit the iconic Hook and Ladder No. 8 building. At 16 minutes, after telling Venkman he believes the building should be condemned, Egon further states that, "...there is serious metal fatigue in all the load-bearing members, the wiring is substandard and completely inadequate for the power needs." and the neighborhood is like a demilitarized zone. At 16 minutes, 11 seconds, Ray from above says, hey, does this pole still work? And slides down a fire pole. At 16:16, 16, 16, Ray says he thinks the place is great and wants to know if they can move in. He then gives his intention to stay the night. At 16 minutes, 43 seconds, after a long, long, Long Look at Egon. Venkman's turned to the realtor and says that they will take it. At 16 minutes, 46 seconds, we get a shot of the Shandor building from Central Park. At 16 minutes, 50 seconds, we get a shot of the street in front of the Shandor building, complete with a terror dog gargoyle in frame. At 16 minutes, 59 seconds, a cab pulls up to the curb across the street from the Shandor building. And thus ends minute number 16 of Ghostbusters. So, um... (coughs) Just a little bit of character work here, not a whole lot of story going on, uh, a little bit of scene building, and like I said, a long, dry, yeah. pregnant pause between Harold Ramis and Bill Murray, which is uh, pretty funny. But. Yeah,
1: and uh, I'm I'm actually reading that in a way that I never have before because you know, th- like I've said before, this is one of those Ghostbusters is one of those things that's just sort of been in your consciousness since before right. you can remember, so you never really think about it. You just kind of watch it and enjoy it. You're not really like. And you know, I don't know analyzing the movie until you go to do a podcast where you read the movie minute by minute. But um, it is kind of funny that in the previous minute, uh, Peter, in making convincing Ray to sell his house, and then having all these ideas about, you know, the ideas of the company and everything like that, are suddenly. He's suddenly kind of put in his place whenever he sees that Ray, who is now kind of the guy in charge since it was his money by selling his house, is the one who's saying, hey, we're going to stay in this house, this firehouse that you guys don't like. When
0: Uncle Moneybags, who owns all the actual capital to start this thing up, slides down a fire pole and says, we're going to take it, you have to take it. Yeah, and so that's where that long
1: (laughs) stare, I think, comes from. And I've never, I had never understood this like awkward moment. And uh, that was so deliberate, and that's what it is.
0: We're not giving a price on the building in the movie, are we? No, I don't think so. No, I, I don't think uh, Rhoda Giamani <laughs> <laughs> gives us any sort of price on it. But when he makes the statement, it's a little bit pricey for a fixer-upper. Clearly, like when Egon says, there's a lot of work that needs to be done if they're going to be there. They they're going to expend the rest of their money just getting the electrical wiring in place yeah. in order to have a you know nuclear containment you know excuse me a nuclear power containment center at the bottom of the building. Uh, that's going to take a lot of work. So I don't know if they had to take out a fourth mortgage yeah, on Ray's right. family home. Did but
1: you know that the exterior firehouse, Hook and Ladder Number Eight, and the interior were built in the same year? I didn't know 19- that. Really, 05, yeah. Oh, that's crazy! Wow, check
0: that out so um at near the end of it we get a shot of what is, is called the Shandor building I don't know if it actually has a name in the script I've heard it called the Evo Shandor building or the Shando building and uh, that's actually located at 55 Central Park West the building is from the is was actually the second choice as a shooting location initially the crew wanted to shoot at 15th Avenue so they could get a shot of the staypuff marshmallow man walking past the Washington square Arch the building co-op at for, at 15th Avenue voted against it the building at 55 Central Park West does not have upper levels that you actually see in the movie eight stories were added in post-production to give the building the ghost antenna at the top so that weird structure you have at the yeah. top that they talk about is like the um
1: the, the temple or whatever yeah yeah it's yeah.
0: the it's the that they say can seek out quasar pulses like in deep space the contact ghost that was put in post so that's all like a matte painting there mm-hmm. uh, and speaking of matte painting and, and special effects have you noticed when they show the terror dog there at the end you can actually see through it's yeah, teeth? the uh, the gargoyle which yeah. I've
1: never been able to see before until you pointed it out and sure enough you can see like the taxi cabs and the cars and everything going through it so great it
0: reminds me of the Empire Strikes Back when they're yeah. on Hoth when the snow speeders are going around
1: the Adats, you yeah, can actually see through the consoles. And uh, you know, once you see that, you're never going to be able to look at anything else. Yeah, it's all you
0: focus on. So I mean, it's a (laughs) it's nicely added in though. I I think it's a pretty good shot. And it's foreboding. And it's kind of like Mm -hmm. the building, I think we've kind of come to notice in rewatching this movie so many times is almost like the Overlook Hotel in The Shining as it has its own presence, right? It's got these stone gargoyle dogs that are almost watching Dana Barrett. And yeah, we're going to see in an upcoming minute that Dana and Lewis are almost kind of doomed by the building. It's apparent that Dana's apartment, we know we see later that that's where the staircase is behind a refrigerator that goes up to the ghost antenna. And then Lewis is getting locked out of his apartment all the time. We take it.
1: It's like the building is almost uh, targeting them. It knows who Mm -hmm. its best means are of kind of bringing all this evil to fruition, and it's through these two people in their apartment units.
0: Maybe it's convenience because they're located so clo- yeah. close to each other and they need a male and a female to be true, uh, yeah. you know, the key master and the gatekeeper. And he isn't going to argue. No. Yeah. So Dan Aykroyd's fire pole stuff was actually ad-libbed. Uh, that was not something that was
1: planned. Oh, does this pole still work?
0: Yeah, that line, yeah. yeah, and the sliding down the pole and everything. that apparently, he got there and saw it and was like, "Oh, this is great. We have to work this not the script that somehow."
1: Line, how funny that is. This is pole still work,
0: but it's perfect. Race stance too. It's uh-huh. the perfect yeah. kind of like childlike enthusiasm that he's shown up until this point. So yeah, yeah. So I always thought it was a little bit weird that the uh, car pulls across the street and drops her across the street from the building instead of like trying to you know well, make the know, circle. And-
1: like you've been to New York before, if it's. uh, if that's just the, the lane that your cab's going to be in, that's where it's going to stop. I mean, that's true. Those are some busy streets.
0: And she's crossing the street and the, another car just pulls up and honks at her and she's completely
1: unfazed yeah. by it. And you know what's funny is in every movie, anytime someone has grocery bags, there's you can set your watch back. There's always going to be uh, celery sticking up out of the bag. Celery or like a French baguette, yeah.
0: you know, or like a carton of milk you can see. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so like I said a second ago, the first choice was to shoot at One Fifth Avenue so they could get, which was close to the uh, Washington Arch Mm-hmm. so they could get Stay Puft kind of walking by it. It's like a, you know an iconic New York uh, monument. They could have him go by it. In Ghostbusters 2, they actually fulfilled that by having that weird Rancor monster-looking yeah, ghost. Yeah, going under the arches. Yeah. yeah, going under the arches. So it's like one of those things, you know, no good idea
1: ever dies. Mm-hmm. You just figure out a way to do it later. Yeah. So there's something uh, kind of cool that happens when there's the shot of uh, Egon kind of giving a description of the building. And as they're doing this, they're walking kind of from like the right to the left. And the camera is going with them, showing us the whole interior. So we're getting to see it as well as get this description of it. So it's just an interesting way to help break in this environment. This and you know that it's
0: not a movie set when you see it. This is actual an actual location that they wouldn't yeah. found. Yeah, it feels like a, a very three-dimensional space. It doesn't feel like you're, you know, in a movie where you're looking at, like, two pieces of plywood that have been put together. Yeah. You know, you can tell there's, like, a crew and a craft services
1: table off camera. It looks like a real honest-to-God. Like, those are tile walls. Yeah, you know? yeah, all the uh, just wear and tear on the building. is, And then, of course, I'm sure they added in a lot of cobwebs and things like that, but... It was still, uh, it's a great piece of production design.
0: So tomorrow, Wednesday and Thursday, we're going to have a great special guest with us here on the show. Brady, go ahead and tell us who's going to be here.
1: It's uh, Christopher Stewart, and he's the guy behind uh, ProtonCharging.com, which has been going on since like, I think, 1995. 1995 geez. yeah. And uh, the Ghostbusters Interdimensional cross Podcast, which is, if you're a Ghostbusters fan, I mean, it is just a must. And if it's also just a great podcast in general.
0: Yeah, I know that uh, yesterday's and today's shows have been just a little bit abbreviated from what we usually have for our audience, yeah. but there wasn't really a whole lot going on in these scenes uh, as far as uh, you know notes and stuff like that. talk about. I have a feeling that when Christopher gets on here, we're going to have some much longer episodes. Oh yeah, uh, because the guy is just uh, is
1: an endless breadth of knowledge
0: of the Ghostbusters uh, mm-hmm. film.
1: And just an all-around cool guy. I mean, you know, very laid back, really really nice guy to work with.
0: Awesome. So look forward to that tomorrow and on Thursday. Uh, thank you again, everybody, for joining us. And we really hope that you liked our Patreon episode that was uh, went up on Saturday. We had a lot of fun talking about the real Ghostbusters. We're going to have another one coming up this weekend. Where we're actually going to review Ecto Cooler. That's right. And I'll tell you, it's my first time to ever have Ecto Cooler. So I'm curious as to how it's going. I know I missed yeah. it when I was younger. I, I, I kind of was out of the age of drinking stuff out of a juice box when it yeah. came along. Oh, come but, on, dude. But uh, You still do that every day. Well, I mean, okay, maybe maybe I do. <laughs> but I spike it a little bit first with a syringe full of vodka. So. Well, yeah. Shh. Don't tell my boss. All right, folks. Well, thank you so much for joining us again here on Ghostbusters Minute. That was Minute 16. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back again tomorrow and Thursday with Christopher Stewart from ProtonCharging.com and the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossroads. Don't miss those. They're going to be great shows. And again, I'm Kyle. I'm Brady. And we're here to tell you that death is but a door, time a window. We'll be
1: back. Ghostbusters Minute is a fan-supported podcast. To become a supporter, visit us on Patreon at patreon.com slash gbminute. You can also find us on social media at facebook.com slash ghostbustersminute, twitter.com slash gbminute, Instagram at ghostbustersminute, and visit our website at ghostbustersminute.com, where you can find merchandise such as T-shirts, stickers, and free balloons for the kids. Balloons subject to not being free, nor real. Our theme song is Ectoplasm by Nautics, which is licensed under the Creative Commons Attributions License.